All right. So the next uh, series of episodes are probably going to get a little bit weird because we, for one, are probably releasing them out of order that we record them in. Um, So hopefully we don't reference back to bullshit that we haven't said yet. That would suck. Um, I wonder what I will have said. (laughs) But we also um, are going to kind of veer away from... We're not going to totally veer away from what's happening currently, but we just want to do a couple of, of topic episodes that don't necessarily have to do with what's going on in the news. So today, we're going to do a book report on Animal Farm, which the three of us have just finished reading. So this was my favorite book in high school, and I haven't read it in 15 years, maybe a little bit longer. So we've all read it before, right? You've read it before, Jim? No, this is my first. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. That'll be an interesting perspective, because well, I also read it, it in it's, high It's school. weird as an adult, because like the whole time I'm like, can we just like flat out say what we're talking about and not <laughs> reference animals? <laughs> yeah, but, the, but I don't know. There no, were, like, I get it. I, the, I get the whole reason of it being broken down as such. At the beginning, too, I kind of felt like it was too simple. Like, I was just like, ah, you well, guys are... It's, it, I think it's done so in order to show, like, to add more of a stark factor to the differences on things. Right. Well, yeah, also to... Like, to make it extremely obvious that things are different, we're going to use the variation in animals. Right. Well, I think even when you get to points in the book when, um, like, when the milk is for, they first milk the cows and they first take it over, and they're yeah. like, "What are we gonna do with the milk?" And they're in the never you mind, go do this. Work. Yes, and but the way the smart way because he, he writes it when they come back, he just has a line about, it, and they notice that the milk was gone. He doesn't say what happened, but he writes it so simply that even a child you're reading the book to would get it. Like, oh, the pig yeah. that stayed behind, you know, ate it for himself. All right, so yeah. real quick before we get into too many of the details of the book, let's set up what the story is about and the symbolization. Well, even um, when, because like Orwell wrote it in thirty uh, or forty three, forty four. I think it was. 40. So it was right when we were in this fucking weird alliance with with Russia and Soviet the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not our allies, but we're the you know the enemy of our enemy. Right. So the story of Animal Farm is that um that the animals um can talk to each other, communicate with each other, whatever. You have to kind of go into this like Charlotte's Web world of of animal behavior and um basically they are taken care of by um farmer jones who is an alcoholic and he mistreats the animals and one of the animals in one night uh calls a meeting old major who is a pig and he tells them of a dream he had and the dream is of rebellion um this essentially causes the animals to prepare unionize yes. and start and, yeah. planning on rebelling right. against the farmer because he even says old major makes a point of saying like it could be three days from now it could be three years from now it could be not in our lifetimes right like mm-hmm. we don't know when it's coming but it's gonna come three days later old major dies and um and then shortly thereafter um led by the pigs the two most important at the time being snowball and napoleon um the animals rebel against 
Farmer Jones and his men really, and almost, drive them like, without, immediately. Without like, realizing they've even done it. And it's over something. It's just he forgets to feed them one night. He gets too drunk, yeah. forgets to feed them, they, and then they break into the storage. He comes out, and before they know, it, know, uh, like, know they've done it, they've chased him off and taken over. Well, because he starts whipping them for yeah. being in their food. And... <sighs> Yeah, and then they they start bucking him, and they take over the farm. And Manor Farm, as it was called, is renamed to Animal Farm, led by pigs, Napoleon, and Snowball. Um, well, in the beginning, it's kind of led by no one, right? The idea is that animals will run it. Right. You know, like yeah. the, the pigs will use their brain, the the horse will use its brawn. Everyone uses what they have to contribute. Right. They run, uh, or they write seven commandments with a, and a golden rule. Um, and we can go through the seven commandments, the golden rule, or the, I guess the, the mantra or the maxim is four legs, good, two legs, bad. Well, they didn't, that was later. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So it starts out the original commandments. Oh, you're right. You're right. The original commandments. One, uh, whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy, which gets reworked later on mm-hmm. Two, uh, whatever go upon four legs or has wings is a friend. Three, no animal shall wear clothes. Four, no animal shall sleep in a bed. Five, no animal shall drink alcohol. Six, no animal sh- shall kill another animal. And seven, all animals are equal. And that was the maxim in the beginning. Yeah, right? I, ha- I had an issue with number six there- right away because there's dogs on the farm which are predators. Yes. And, well, and they, 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 and they have- reference dog biscuits all the time as if that just comes out of freaking nowhere. Even, they, even sooner, number one. Whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. The birds point out, don't we have two legs? Yeah, that's why they... And they're given an exception with, oh, no, your wings make you count. Right. You yeah. know, but, like, already we're having problems of having to accommodate the system that doesn't... Well, like, the, you know... the one that wasn't addressed was the fact that there is carnivores amongst them that yeah. they're just like, yeah, and even we'll, what... we'll get your food somehow. No animals <laughs> will sleep in a bed, and they even later on make this distinction of, like, anything can be a bed. Right. You know, a stack of hay can be a bed. You know, whatever you sleep on is the bed. So, um, so, so those, yeah, so the sevens talk- are distilled down to one phrase, which is four legs good, two legs bad. Dumbed down for stupid animals. Because they had trouble remembering it. That's a big, I love that part of it, how symbolic they, they that is. They picked out the sheep human, to be the dumbest ones. Yeah. But even other ones, like, uh, even Boxer has yeah. trouble. He can't learn the full alphabet. Right. He, he learns yeah. the first, like, four letters and then he can't get past it. But he doesn't need to. What's crazy, too, is that the pigs. Snowball and Napoleon learn how to read. The whole first quickly. like two chapters, they they like start setting out the classes based on how smart or dumb each individual animal group is. Right, and since the pigs can read and write better than any of the other animals, they essentially establish their dominance and then become unofficial leaders. They don't start. No one gets called a leader until later on, but. They yeah they have Sunday meetings in which they discuss what will or will not be done throughout the week and there's a vote typically and then there's a lot of politicking in those votes Um, and the the essentially Napoleon and Snowball can never come to an agreement and they they drill that point home in one of the early chapters three or something like that that. Like, it doesn't matter what the point is. The opposite will... If you've been listening to the show from the beginning, the Brandon and Mitch relationship... <laughs> well, I think the argument is that uh, it it's not even about what they actually believe because for one of them, it's about power, at least. And maybe mm-hmm. Snowball, too, but for definitely Napoleon, it's not about, like, the windmill. He doesn't care if it goes up or down. He actually prefers it goes up, but he'll go against it if it right. suits his point of getting succeeding yeah. power. Well, and then that leads them to the windmill, which is the yeah. biggest their biggest point of opposition snowball wants 
Uh, so now, snow- hang on. Now, before we get to the windmill, when Snowball was there, does, is, does he agree initially to move into the house also? Uh... Is he one of the or like they didn't move into the house no, until well did, after Snowball but was when gone. When Snowball's there, they do get special like they'll get more food, right? Or they don't have to Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the milk and the getting, apples. Yeah. yeah. He is still benefiting from being God, the fucking milk the and apples, class. man. I was so pissed when when the milk and apples happened. Um where they the, they decree that they, the pigs need them more for the, their their brain power. Right? right. Yeah. They just go missing. Um and then when it's realized why they go missing then then squealer who is essentially for historical con context a goebbels type character any um, i mean you can with sean spicer nowadays i mean any stacy uh, made that dick, argument earlier this morning dick like, cheney sean spicer dick cheney would have been the it's the, Bush the, equivalent, the state's maybe. media piece yeah. like mm-hmm. whoever whoever's there to tell you to, to to spin for the or to drop the bad news that rations have to be cut back you don't want your top leader saying that because then you start to associate it so you have someone else come out and say it and, know, then, and then speaks for the leader, and then tell you why it's a necessity, yeah. and spin it. And, and you'll notice that the more the book goes on, the less you even see uh, Napoleon. He becomes this figure for a long time that you don't even know that he's still alive. He makes very little public appearances, mm-hmm. which is consistent with every kind, of, almost every kind of like despot leader that we have um, near the end, because they become it becomes they become too paranoid. Too many people want to kill them. Well, they point out his paranoia too, because. After they, they, Snowball and, when they introduced the dogs, which is weird, because at the very beginning of the story, they mentioned that dogs were pregnant, had a litter, and Napoleon and the pigs took them away. Seven seven dogs, right? Seven dogs. And we didn't see them again. Not not the pigs, just Napoleon himself. Yeah, Napoleon. Right, he took them up, uh, which we didn't know where. In the attic of the house. Right. Um, and we later discovered that it was in the attic of the house to train them. But when we find that out, there is a big and to de- feed them where they're becoming huge. Where there's a huge debate going on over the windmill, and Snowball has drawn up these plans for a windmill, with the idea being that we can be self-proficient. We can use a windmill to generate power, and we can have uh, hot and cold running water in every stall, and we can. It, it almost does it almost break the stories. Um, like sense of self when the first time they go out to the bar and you meet other humans besides Jones and you realize that the town it's this weird moment where you're like okay so this is happening people the humans accept that animals talk to each other and are in control because they even work with them later well it's the outside world in communism yeah for, argu- for argument's sake part of me I hadn't read it so long part of me thought that the entire thing took place in the farm and that you never really got you only heard rumors about the humans Nah, and yeah, but yeah like, no, the, even in the beginning, the, like the the human that comes that they work with isn't allowed to see the animals, and then they have to yeah, make a big deal of like whimper, and then they have to make a big deal of bringing out the animal animals that have been well fed to fight right. off rumors that things are going bad. Which is hilarious because two of the farmers, the the two farmers that are the neighboring farms that are represented, who by did they use plinking the sparrows? To, to oh the one that was able to meet the human to no, like they talk. they used sparrows to talk to the other farms yeah oh the other yeah yeah well the they other basically animals. spread their propaganda well and how hilarious that is such a uh, the idea of let, letting them come check out the farm and showing them the good side that is exactly what the Nazis did with the Red Cross and they were like oh no the, you these idea these rumors you've heard about concentration camps aren't real we'll bring you into the one nice ghetto we have where things are decent looking and we'll let you see people who are well fed right. But we won't, you know, like, and that was happening when he was writing the book. It hadn't even come out yet. Right. You know, they, I mean, I mean, I guess a lot of people didn't trust Hitler, but it hadn't, we didn't, we hadn't stormed in and seen them for ourselves. Well, and so when Snowball, who is, in historical context, Leon Trotsky, who wrote 
who was an anti-Stalinist, um, who I believe helped. Let the whole book the, could be distilled into Stalin sucks, right? Like with the whole book is the rise of Stalinism. Yeah, yeah. Um, Napoleon being Stalin, you can make you can draw comparisons. Like people will say that Squealer is more representative of Goebbels because he was an eloquent speaker. But there are other there are other people that would make the argument that I can't remember the name uh, of Stalin's protege. Um, but same guy, like he came out and did. Well, he was and the I messaging the, piece. The genius of this book and how simple it is, is that if if you could transfer this book back to like the 1800s and let them read it, they would plug in their own, right? You know, whatever in the world that would go. And you can always find this. It's like a human quality. You can always find someone who's exploiting propaganda yeah. and the other and blaming it on them. Nation building doesn't work. Well, and when they... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not nearly as fast or as well, yeah, yeah. As, as blaming people. So we get back to the scene that expels uh, Snowball and gives pretty much, at this point, now Napoleon has made himself the power. Um, there's a debate going on over creating this windmill as a self-sufficient means of production and three-day work week baby three-day work week still in favor of that right build that windmill and napoleon opposes it not not very much so he does he says a few words he just says that he's opposed to it he opposes it very strongly at first and then when the final debate happens he doesn't he just gets up and like "I'm, i'm against it and he sits down right so squealer or squealer snowball gets up and riles up the animals and they're ready to do to 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 make this and as that happens seven dogs who are big now run rush in and chase snowball off the farm and these are Stalin's secret police and now there is no revolution you've just squashed the I revolution mean, you can, some people would call them uh the ss or mm-hmm. like you know some people call them ice nowadays uh, more liberal people here i can't remember what they were in italy the green shirts or brown shirts or brown some, shirts I think. something like yeah. that um think maybe i don't know i mean yeah it's, it's another it's something you see in any anybody who wants to hold on to power is gonna have to use these tactics. so then it's funny because snowball in the story gets chased off the farm very early on but not even halfway through the book but his legacy then remains for the rest of the story as this kind of like a propaganda tool where he is He's essentially the boogeyman who comes in the night and fucks well, up all he, of, anything that's going wrong with so the farm. We missed a little bit here. He he was majorly like for the success of everybody. Right. Like he even during a like when Jones came back to try to retake the farm over, they had a huge battle and Snowball was at the, like fighting from the front. Right. He was the one that yeah. What was he yelling? Uh, I they change it later on and they try to claim that he was working with Jones. And, yeah. But he's, he even gets shot. Doesn't he get grazed yeah. with the with the shotgun? Yeah. 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 He's the only animal I think that gets hurt. But they, they made him a hero. Yeah. Like they gave him a hero award. Yeah. And then by the time they chase him off, uh, it's twisted to where he was working against the animals and Right. He didn't even get that award. That was a legend that he spread after the Battle of yeah, Cowshed. Yeah. No one's ever gotten an award. Well, and then, and then, you just and slowly then, watch the state start lying. Doesn't to Napoleon people. then give himself the award later after yeah. he's created? Gives himself, he gives himself the the because um, he Snowball was awarded the first class whatever, and Napoleon gives himself first and second class. He won. <laughs> he won ups. 
a snowball's legacy. And then later, even later, way later in the book, it is told to the animals that, like, you're remembering this wrong. You're too stupid to remember. Well, Do you think then, Napoleon like, would have not been there? Like, you remember him getting shot, but that was actually the bite mark of Napoleon. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just becomes this propagandized snowball is the bad guy. People, What's crazy to me, what I like, the dynamic that I like in this book is that the the windmill gets knocked down once by natural causes. It is impl- it, it's implied that it falls in the night. And, well, and I love the way and you that a tree that, right? was that a tree was plucked from the ground. So it sounds yeah. to me like and wind then, knocked over the windmill the first time. And they even acknowledge it silently, the animals, because when they build it again, they go with thicker walls. Instead of mm-hmm. 18, they go with like 36-inch walls or whatever. Right. So they, they even acknowledge that like deep down, Napoleon knows why it fell. Right. But he's still going to spin it to the advantage. Yeah. Because you never let a good disaster go to waste. That's the great thing every propagandist knows. Listen to any Alex Jones He convinced the horse, which is the working class representative, that he will will always work harder and that Napoleon is always right. And all he had to do was exploit the fact that Boxer couldn't learn anything, really. So all he had to do was make him learn one thing, which is Napoleon is always right. Right. And that supersedes everything. That's the one thing he can dig in his memory and find and remembers to be true. And he did it because... The sheep represent, like, the fans of the state, the people who are actually supportive of the whatever movement is happening, yeah. in this case, Stalinism. Like, he was able to convince those people to keep bleeding out the fucking propaganda. And any time that any of the animals ever had a thought that, like, this isn't how it was written out to be, this isn't what was supposed to, to go down, this isn't the commandment that we wrote, the sheep were there to just say, Four legs good, two legs bad. So even stamp after, out any a, revolution. And after a bunch of bad things keep happening, and they keep blaming it on Snowball, and several of the animals are like, well, that's not right. That doesn't seem right. That's not how I remember it. They have a giant meeting, and Boxer is one of the voices, one of the bigger voices of, like, this is not how I remember it. Snowball was actually trying to help us. And that's whenever they have, you know, basically the the gulags moment where they start killing animals for yeah well confessing they start confessing yeah. to and, crazy and, crimes and, and they yeah. were all the animals who questioned it's, yeah it starts with the and the, the dogs even yeah. go for boxer and boxer like almost kills one of them yeah so it's like <laughs> and it says he looks to napoleon on whether or not he should crush the dog or let it go so it's like the the state trying to crush the working class but then realizing that they need them yeah. right yeah. So they they live. And the rebellion live. starts from something it's people protecting their young. It's the uh the chickens don't want to give up all their eggs, so they start going up and laying them in the rafters. Which the reason yeah. that the chickens have to give up their eggs is because at this point Napoleon has struck deals with the farmers on the humans, the, the yeah. humans on the neighboring farms. And now they're making and using money. Which I love the representation who, and the of humans the farmers. Who are now calling it like after Jones's uh rebellion or comeback fails they start to refer to it as animal farm finally right at first i love the fact that they keep referring to it as manor farm and it's not until they realize like they're going to work with them they're like okay we'll call you animal farm doesn't matter essentially the ussr right and the what's great to me i love the representation of the farms frederick i is is it frederick or frederickson um that that farmer is adolf hitler he's the untrustworthy neighbor plinkington is the United States and Britain and capitalist society. Yeah. And it's just 
It's and crazy how to funny watch is it that Napoleon just bounces back. And when oh, Snowball is at this farm. No, he's actually been spotted at the other farm, comrades. No, he was actually mm-hmm. that was a that was a fake. Right. And anytime in, he's trying to wager deals so that he can get things brought to the farm to help with the building of these windmills, and all for the cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it even says and he like, just keeps playing them against they each work, other. They work with Fredrickson, who double crosses him, and then they they fight, and Fredrickson's men blow up the windmill. Right. Can we talk about Beast of England for a minute? Oh, oh the song? Yeah. Well, what that represents. Because it starts as this long, patriotic song that they all learn very quickly. Even which, the stupidest of them Which was introduced it. in the first few pages by Old Major. Right, but even the dumbest of them are able to learn. Like, the quickest of them are able to learn immediately and are singing along with the chorus. But the dumbest of them by four or five times because of the repetition are singing it. It's this, this freedom cry. But then it, becomes, it comes to represent, like, once... Napoleon takes over, it represents the opposite. It represents a threat. So now it's stamped out. And yeah, because the, he doesn't want everybody to have all equal freedom anymore. Yeah. Right. And then and then Napoleon has written, well, it's presumed because he's leading, that Napoleon commissions the writing of a new song, and the new song is boring and shitty, but it's very, like, Animal Farm, Animal Farm. It's the fucking Pledge of Allegiance. It's the pledge of any allegiance yeah. anywhere to any state. Like, but I love that idea though of the, of the things that will free the society can all will also be the things that will uh, endanger the next like government or or you know any kind of system really. So like the, like that kind of, like you have to, I mean I get it you kind of do have to stamp that out because that is dangerous like as much as we want to talk about revolution in our country as America is built on this idea of revolution. We stamp it the fuck out when we hear about it now. Right. Ever since the so, you know, ever since we succeeded in it, we don't want it. We'll use it as a propaganda tool, but until it's you know, and then you're revolutionary, and then right. you're dangerous. What's uh, what's interesting too? Well, about- it's in America. It's used in the sense of democracy, in which case you vote in new people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little different here. But yeah, but let's. But the establishment fights it at every chance they get with trying to prop up their own candidates. Right. Um. So the windmill is knocked down once by the wind. It's knocked down a second time by the um, by the Fredericksons men after they've attacked for after the the fighting has gone on between these two farms. What I think interesting about that is if you remember snow when Snowball initially planned it, he gave a two year projection to finish the windmill. Napoleon, as soon as he supported it after Snowball had been driven off said that we will get it done in one year, which to me was just this, like, a leader being grandiose and coming up and just bullshit. Like, we'll do better. We'll we'll just do, like, we will be better than whoever the last guy was, whatever the last idea was. It got destroyed at the one-year mark by natural causes. It got destroyed in the second building two years later, so three years now of building windmills that have now both... Been- met the same demise um how and through the whole thing you're following these characters who are building it who, and boxer who is just the strength of this whole thing with his and, mantra and, of i will work harder and and is like not sleep he's waking up early he's staying out late he's working by himself when they're not working anymore the the animals aren't getting the rewards the rebellion promised um and and this idea and the age of, of retirement retirement yes 
this fucking idea of like when you hit a certain age. No animal had retired just... yet, but Boxer was going to be the first one. Yeah, yeah. And, but the, but the, of course that doesn't work out, and they keep pushing it back and back and. What back. exactly? Hey, you get injured. I I he, forget. He went out. He was working by himself to break rocks for the windmill after after it had been blown up the second time yeah and he and a rock fell on him or something and he like it was his lung he like his yeah. lung they like just found him on his side and he was and he couldn't get it took him a long time to get up and then so they took him back to a stall for three days and probably exhaustion honestly we're, all, you know, we're going to send him to a doctor but it wound up being a slaughterhouse which was inter- which i love the revelation there too because they make the point from page fucking 1 that benjamin the donkey is this like dude life is all- his his whole theology is life is always going to be the same and yeah, it doesn't matter it what doesn't we matter do. what system we fight for what leader is the guy in charge and he expressed that by he he always said he had a, his stubborn answer was um Donkeys live a long time. Y'all have never seen a dead donkey. Because he knew his place was to just yeah. do what he was supposed to do. Yeah, he worked hard whether it was Jones or the animals. Every time he was yeah. asked to read somebody something, he didn't do it. He just said, you've never seen a dead donkey. Like, And over and over and over again. And then uh, in the moment that Boxer is being sent away to the hospital... He comes galloping. It's the first time that we see any emotion from him at all. And he has all of the animals run back to the van that Boxer Which is they being... all begin cheering because they can't read. And he's like, no, you idiots. It says, like, whatever, whatever, slaughterhouse. Right. Yeah. And it says a lot. It says, like, glue, whatever, glue like, hides. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like, they're sending him, they're sending him to the, what, what is it called? The knackers or the whatever. Knackers, the knackers, yeah. yeah. Um, which, the gulag, which is prophesized in like the first fucking page when old major says that to boxer, right? Yeah. That like, yeah, he says, yeah, he, but he, well, he does it for everybody, but he specifically says boxer, when you're great, those great muscles go, you know, they will send you to the knackers. They will turn you into glue, <laughs> which is exactly what ends up happening a hundred something odd pages later or whatever. It's not a true novel. It's short. It's a novella, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, can we also talk about Old Major Skull? Uh, the fact that they bring it out, like they they, kept, they kept dig it, it at up the base of the flag. Yeah, and then everyone had to march past it. But then again, like Beast of England, it becomes a symbol that they they want to get rid of. So like now it's just one day it's gone. They got they rid of Major it. Skull. Yeah. Replace the flag. Well, they do that in the final and stanza of the. Is that what that's what happened to Lennon, right? They, where they trotted his body all around. Well, and it uh, was it was Russia. Leningrad, which got renamed to Stalingrad. Yeah. Which is also that allegory of like I'll use my dead predecessor as this mythical figure and prop him up until I need to be the mythical figure, and then I'll bury him. And now it's all about me. It's crazy though. And because when, uh, my my health is failing. When I die, you have to like. Well, and when put they my head on when the they sell plate. him off, I I was so mad. I know that like I've read the story before, and I know where the story goes as I'm reading it. But like, man, just to sell out the working class after all that, after the fucking dream that they bought and the stupid mantra that they had that you were right that you were gonna figure it out, and then to sell them out, and then at the last second for the animals to chase him down. And which is a sign of a rebellion from Napoleon's, Napoleon's standpoint. So now that has to be addressed because that was in unison. And that's important that it was all of the animals chasing him down once yeah. they realized. And they shouted to Boxer to let him know what was happening. And there's like the vague idea that like 
oh, we heard hooves like mo- like kicking around, well, they, and they see the, his face. They see his face like through the hole for a second, right. and that he almost recognizes what's happening. The and idea gets the message that the working class tries to fight tried to fight back at the point that it was too late. Like, how did they yeah. convince him that he wasn't going? It was another one of Squealer's moments. Right? Yeah. Well, he he thought he was being taken. Oh to the vet. no! After the fact, that that chapter ends with uh, Squealer coming back, and they they go. And to- Benjamin just went with it because he's like, maybe I just read it wrong or something like that. Because he, he he's what, a donkey Benjamin, wants to live. I think Benjamin just. I think it, they said it. Or that, did he run off? No, he. I think he just like st- sat down at that point, and so did Muriel, who is the other horse, the the female horse. Um, they both like it was implied i believe that they understood what happened but like okay like we're not but the the explanation not gonna wind up like boxing the explanation that was given was they came out th- everybody rested for three days and they gave people like apples and like they gave them shit in honor of boxer and they came out and said at the end of it that he went to the hospital he they tried very hard to save him he died um or no they said Napoleon that the, spent was, all this the money. hospital cart was broken or something like that so they had to use the slaughterhouse well they said yeah. the explanation after they gave the like the explanation of what happened to boxer they said there was like a pause and then squealer slyly looked at all the animals and was like so we we're hearing this rumor that you guys might have misinterpreted something the van did say the slaughter but if you would have just asked Napoleon that, which by the way, isn't possible. Yeah. Um, if, if you would have just asked Napoleon, then we would have, eas- we would have just let you know that the hospital's uh, van broke down and they bought a van from, or they bought a new van from the slaughterhouse and they hadn't changed the lettering yet yeah. is yeah. what the explanation yeah. that was given. And then they gave them three days of rest and it was let them eat cake moment. Yeah. Like, how, I, I love the uh, the symbolism of Benjamin, and it's great for Orwell. He's so great at picking out what animal represents what, but the symbolism of the donkey of being just as smart as the pigs, but not smart enough to join the pig class, the ruling class, and being essentially just as strong and sturdy as the horse, the the, the uh-huh. working class, but not fitting in there either because he's not he can't work as he can't do as much right for you know he he's not, he doesn't get the praise the boxer gets for with right. his big muscles. So he's still, like I understand why he's pissed off. He's stuck in between. You know, being smart enough to realize how undervalued he is. Well, and then we get to the last chapter of the book where they flash forward three years from that scene. And they set up that, okay, now there's two windmills. And one of them, the first one that was being built, was used for fucking corn so that they could, like, manufacture corn and sell it so that Napoleon, the ruling class, could continue to get fucking richer. The animals are still... They're not eating. They also also had one of the fields turned into rye, so that way, and they started using the distillery house. Yeah. I should have also pointed that out because after they give the explanation of Boxer, his demise, and they give them the three days. Or not rye, barley. It it states at the end of that that it was noticed that a case of whiskey showed up that same day that they gave that speech. But where they got the money, no one could figure. Like they sold Boxer for fucking whiskey. Yeah. Um,. And, and and it I mean it comes out a couple times because you hear raucous behavior coming from the house which was once one they of the commandments the, right yeah once they inhabit the house and found Jones's uh liquor yeah and then it became no animals shall drink to excess and but even then they start breaking that because they're constantly having these parties or these like rows where you hear them breaking stuff and you hear stuff coming from the house 
Or you, uh, no and animals sleep Na- in a bed. Napoleon essentially ran around the house naked, streaking. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, even no animals should sleep in a bed. Well, no animals should sleep in a bed with sheets. And I love the yeah. uh, idea of, because they tease it at first, they find the commandments and they find, like, the words are slightly different or they're longer than they remember. And then they find, you know, Squealer when this fucking, uh, they hear a great crash come from the bar and they all rush in. And he, like, there's a paint bucket and a ladder and he runs away with the protection of the dogs. Yeah. I love that fucking moment because they still don't realize what happened. Well, and then the moment that they do realize and they completely give up is a moment where, like, they're just talking about, like, all of the animals in the field. They're still working. And then the pigs come out walking on two legs. Muriel gives a scream. And they talk about how the sheep, they set up the fact that Squealer took the sheep away and just, like, left them. Indoctrinated them. them. Indoctrinated (laughs) them for a week. Nobody saw the sheep. And um, it was said that it was being said that they are, the reader finds out that they were being taught a song. But they're still gone. Um, And then I guess Muriel the horse, like, lets out a scream as Squealer starts leading pigs out of the barn on two legs and at that moment the sheep come in and start singing or their new mantra two legs good or i'm sorry four legs good two legs better which is like a jaw-dropping moment in the story because i just like i forgot and i love that that, like they completely indoctrinate them to go a different way and i love that it's even noted like not all the pigs are graceful and not all of them seem like they even want to do it like mm -hmm. napoleon's very you know he's he's strutting around but some of them can barely stand upright right and And napoleon Napoleon walks out so fat that they can't they don't have good balance napoleon walks out with clothes on um and a whip on his two hind legs or whatever. Clutch uh, between his, uh, what does he call them? Trotter. Trotter. I love that word. With a bride uh, who is in Mrs. Jones' dress. And, like, it's just, oh, man. And then the and then they they do what we talked about earlier. They bring the, the demo, they bring capitalism in the to, humans, give, yeah. to give it a tour. And, the, and that's, like, where the, the final scene of the Animalism the didn't work? Let's try this one. Um. Yeah, they bring they bring the farmers. That in. final scene is so fucking good. Then they were it's ar- so, arguing over a poker game. Well, well they were all first, playing po- poker and, and drinking. And, and yeah. So and then uh, who's the and it's and this Plinkington? is from this is also from Pilkington. Yes, Pilkington. Pilkington. This is also from the animals' perspective too. That from outside like, the window. The, yeah. a, the animals walk up from outside the window and they're looking in at the pigs that have hosted. They've given a tour of of. To the humans um, through Animal Farm all day as the animals They've were working. They showed them the stock, which is actually just sand, which a little bit of stock on top of it. Like it's it's all you know fake food. I don't think at this storage. point. At this point, that it is they prospering might, better. Gotten, okay, yeah. Um, that was earlier in the book, yeah. Right, but they, but yeah. So now everybody is having their formal dinner and they're playing poker and they're drinking and whatever. Um, and it's is Pilkington gets up who is representative of democracy and capitalism of the U.S. and Britain. Yeah, going along with And it's fascism. so important to me that, that, that that's... He's the person there at the end benefiting, right? Well, like, he's the person there at the end who is representative of what my governments did. And the joke that he lets out at the end of his toast, when he talks, he, like, he gets up and he says that, like, well, we were wrong about Animal Farm. Uh, we... we'll thought that it was going to fall apart and we we were uh we were completely like he doesn't say we're completely out of line he's very charismatic about the way he delivers it but essentially this idea that like 
when the West accepted, because really they had no choice at that point, communism. It was like, well, we don't have the same beliefs, but we'll coexist on opposite planes. Like, that's fine. He gets up and he accepts animalism, as it's called in the book. And they point out how he stops at the end before he gives his toast um, because he's holding back laughter. And the joke then that he delivers at the end of his toast is where you have your labor. Like They're talking about like there, there are still struggles, sure, in the countries. Um, but like for the most part, we're all benefiting pretty well from this operation. The humans and the animals can coexist and like we're, we're, we're doing okay. And the joke that he lets out is where you have your laborers, we have our lower class. And then everybody roars and laughs and there's like a big ovation. And it just like, to me, that stings so much because you're just like, it's all the fucking thing. it doesn't matter it's, what it, animalism or what ism, it still sucks for the right. lower class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And then their argument happened after they both played an ace of spades. Well, I, love, <laughs> yeah. I love even before that, even before you chose them cheating, the, the symbolism of Napoleon saying, like, thank you for your toast, but you actually got something wrong. As much as I liked it, we, uh, I've, deci- I've realized the actual name of it is Manor Farm. We're no longer going to call it Animal Farm. And we've and removed like, the hoof and the horn from, from, our the, from our green flag. It's just so a green flag. Nothing remains of the original revolution or the ideas. Mm-hmm. It, you literally got one master for another, and you're, you're arguably worse off than you were before. Right. And it's Russia. <laughs> like, yeah. it is literally... Like, he wrote it so obviously Russia that it's, like, it's hard to not see it as only Stalinism, but it does definitely, there are comparisons that I think you could make to any group of leadership or any, as any ism. Uh, well, I think any group, I think if you showed it to a hardcore Republican, he would see, uh, he would see Obama and Hillary Clinton as the enemy being portrayed. If you handed it to a liberal, you'd see Trump and, you know, depends on your definition of what oppression is. Right. It's a great book though. And, and, in such like it's such a short book i think it's considered like a short story right uh novella so yeah. it's not a, quite a novel but it's not a short story it's important but most of dostoevsky's work and he is, actually is novellas yeah like a notes or uh notes from underground well, notes from yeah but yeah. then he did really long novels like uh War and crime Peace, and punishment or crime and punishment yeah. and uh, <laughs> brothers the brothers kierkegaard karamazov or not Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard is a. Uh, That's the most fun name. That yeah, he is. Yeah, Kosmoravov or something. Yeah. It's a really long Russian Orwell's last name. Orwell's an interesting guy because he wasn't always like if you read 1984, it's much longer and he's not nearly as as much of a brevity. But I think it, it's pointed out in the the original title of Animal Farm was Animal Farm an allegory or a parable or a fa- or a fable I think, and they dropped that title when they printed it in the U.S. So most people in America know it as Animal Farm. But it was supposed to be like a, a fable or an allegory. Like he put that very much out there. That, that like, if you read it, it's pretty. If you're dumb, maybe you can miss it. But you'd have to be pretty stupid to not see some form of symbolism. Yeah, it is one of the most heavy-handed sim- symbolic books out there. Like everything stands for something. Well, and to the point that everything stands for what it obviously stands for. Like yeah, like you don't have to reach very hard. Like, no, to, like like I mean, the flag is the the greatest point of that or the greatest example of that it's a red flag with a horn and a hoof right like hammer and sickle hammer hammer and sickle yep prior to that it was a red flag with nothing which was russia then the ussr under stalin and then at the end like oh my bad i just learned that we're actually russia and we'll just get rid of the sickle and like guess what not the same country anymore like 
it's very heavy handed. Okay, so now that the book report's out of the way, I want to spend the last five minutes uh, talking about something else. Um, we should do 1984, though, because that is also... So, my wonderful. dad literally just texted me and said, you should do 1984 now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, has a lot of the same themes, but not nearly as heavy-handed. It's a little more subtle. Um, it's not blatantly obvious. Where, yeah, whereas this was the opposite of a utopia. That, uh, 1984 is the opposite of a dystopia, I guess. Do you want to talk about underwear? Separate tech. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by separate. Brought to you this by book se- report. Brought to you by separate. <laughs> it wasn't, but it could be. Yes. Email well, us. <laughs> if we are in our separate tech, in case you're listening, I am in my separate tech. I'm always in I my separate tech. Technicality for the courts. I got my thirty-five percent, motherfuckers. It separates your balls from your ween. Yeah. Keeps Live. them comfortably regulated. It lifts and separates. Regulated. It's, like the, it's like a bra, like a wonder bra for your testicles. Yes. It's like a dick hammock, but uh, better. Not not only does it separate and remove the heat factor, the sticky factor, it produces bulge. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. 35% bulge. Wow, I was so focused <laughs> on the bulge aspect, I forgot about the sweatiness aspect. <laughs> product is so good, I'm going to buy it. I two. forget. Is there an individual pouch for the balls to separate that from the legs, or is it just no. separating? Well, because, kind of. Like, hey, there's use ex- my idea, separate There's extra cloth. Yeah. There's extra cloth. The gym edition. Make it a ball pouch and a ween pouch. Like, <laughs> like, if there's extra cloth, then it's a fucking pouch, man. <laughs> but it can't be, like, too elastic because you, you don't want to castrate. That's how they castrate bulls. So you got to have a nice, like, velvet. Yeah, you, can't, you can't cut Ooh, off the circulation. A velvet pouch. There we go. <laughs> All right, so now that the Treat velvet it like a, underwear. like a Fabergé egg, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Smooth as eggs. Um, so can we talk about the importance real quick of fucking voting and not thinking? Like, I don't want to get – we don't have to get into a big, long, this is what's going on this week in politics. But, like, as we get closer to the election, I'm going to start making fucking pleas to the goddamn electorate anyway. Um because I really, really like I'm seeing a lot of a lot of people on both sides that are acting like this shit is wrapped up and it is not. Yeah. There's a lot of complacency going on around us. There's a lot of people thinking their side has won. And that's dangerous. And I don't care if you're Especially a tr- if Biden yeah. starts speaking. Right. That's right. But, I mean you have the Biden people saying, Well, look at these polls. We're doing so much better than Hillary. We have to win. And then you have the uh Trump people saying the polls were on in 2016, and Trump people probably aren't answering polls in the way you think they are. So it might be a problem. So I'm going to make this plea, and you guys can push back where you see fit, too. Um, and, like, Trump is the—I think that this idea um, it, it can be applied to any group in power. So, like, in four years, we'd be talking about Biden or, like, whatever. I'm going to use Trump as the example because Trump is— Trump is the, the incumbent. incumbent. And shit's not really working out right. all that great. So, uh, so the plea that I would make is that, like, remember that, like, it's not in the bag. We have to, if we are going to beat Trump, we have to beat Trump's base, Russia, China, Ukraine, any other outside influencer bought for or blackmailed by the administration, as well as gerrymandering, voter suppression as efforts, faux fraud allegations, and a tilted electoral process. To think that this is in the bag for any side, whether you're a Trump supporter or whether you're a Biden supporter or whether you're somebody in the middle of that, like, it's not in the bag. There's a lot riding against the people and their voice. 
I don't I don't care what side you are on because the powerful want to buy a message like that makes it harder for you to get yours out. Um, and in terms of other countries, we have no clue if they want another four years of Trump or if the best thing for chaos is Biden. So I would implore you to vote, everyone to vote, get your friends to vote, get your family to vote, make it known that it is important to vote. Holdouts, in my opinion, holdouts, write-ins, third-party votes only strengthen the establishment elite on both sides as, the, as their popularity isn't enough to fight the corporate-funded powerhouses. By removing... Can I, can I stop you? Okay. Because here's the big thing I hate about people not voting for third-party candidates. It's the third-party candidate will not win because I will not vote for them, because the third-party candidate will not win because I will not I, vote for them. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, but I think you have to like I think you have to be strategic now in 2020. Oh, I know. I and in it's 2020 the, sta- the stakes are high enough because things are getting worse that maybe now is not the time to try to get a third-party candidate. And and that's I mean honestly do we even have one? Not, Joe Jorgensen. Not a <laughs> Kanye West. Um, <laughs> Joe Jorgensen's a libertarian. He, but I would say that like she's significantly better than Gary I would Johnson. say too. And I would admit like this plea should be prefaced with the yeah. idea that like this plea would be different in any cycle, right? I'm not saying that third party is always bad. But I'm saying right now in 2020, it doesn't make sense because all you're going because all that is going to do is remove any dissenting thought from the process entirely within the two powerhouse parties. Um, if you want to change the parties now in 2020, between 2020 and 24, infiltrate them and push them in the direction of their constituents on both sides republicans and democrats i agree with that you know like i think holding out right now is a detriment to the process the the corporate funded elite nancy pelosi's and chuck schumer's and mitch mcconnell's they will be stronger by without a dissenting thought in the process um and i would say look to your state's uh website and look to our uh, social media accounts for information on how to mail-in vote or absentee ballots. Yeah, uh, you, they're oh, accepting hey, them now. You can by the way, in. I just got my uh, the voter card. It it says what's all on the ballot. It does not say what date is the 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 voting. I think the voting, I believe, November third. Well, yeah, but the mail-in in Missouri. The last time I read it was. You can start mailing in. I think it's two weeks prior to the election is when you start mailing in. Don't quote me on that. That's something you can that you'll have to look up. You can actually find that information at vote.org, and you can find it on any state.gov. Mo.gov is the one that I use to print out the absentee ballot forms. Um, we can post a PDF of those on Twitter and sure the, Facebook. I'm pretty sure the next vote is not the presidential vote, though. There's another vote. There's one before that. I've got yeah, yeah. but that's that's the one that there's not a date on the card. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't even look at mine that closely. Well, Does, doesn't even say the polling place. That's low. Is that low? I, I know the polling place because I've been there a couple times. Yeah, but I would. I know mine. That's local though, right? Yeah. Local election it doesn't doesn't say the freaking date. No, well, uh, it is local, but there is a house rep. Uh, okay. Uh, United States House uh, okay. representatives candidate on there. But all of the election information should be available on any st- state's website, and they're all mo.gov. Especially if you live in Missouri, like, because they're allowing uh, fear of COVID as an excuse now to 
Like, they're not going to challenge that. Well, and they're going to accept it. And I've made the argument, and I don't know why nobody else has made the argument a thousand times that, like, it was already covered. One of the stipulations, at least on the Missouri ballot, has always been a sickness is preventing me, a or sickness a or a disability is preventing me from getting to the polling place. Pandemic should be covered under well, that. Well, in like yeah. 2016, you could have wrote in uh, fear of violence. Right. Right. Yeah. So you really, honestly, like, you shouldn't have to have a fucking reason because if you live in a real rural area and don't have a car and you cannot get some, you know, and you have to work that day and it's not realistic for you to get, you know, 25 fucking miles to a polling station, your vote should still be counted. Yeah. And it's like we we like some states like we have five states that do only mail in ballots like so my it's ridiculous that we can't use that. My plea to the American voters is fucking vote like numbers are your path to victory. I don't care what side you're on. Don't Tur- just say I will out. work harder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To bring it full yeah. circle. Um, Another thing would be to read up into every single decision you have to make instead of just vote in straight line. Yeah. Don't down ballot vote. Vote in straight line is the reason we're at where we're at, where everybody just toes the party line. Yeah. Especially for uh, things that a lot of people don't know, like local judges, local like people like that, it's worth taking five minutes to look up someone's platform. They're usually posted online. <laughs> there was a guy in 2016 running an O'Fallon who is a uh, semi-professional wrestler for his day job. Well, he's right. got he like, lost, but <laughs> oh damn it, he would have had my vote if I could have voted there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just like, and I might even I might even get fucking preachy but with that it's, shit it's and start pleading spend, at the end of episodes. It's but, worth it to spend five minutes of your time when because when they send you like the all the people's names and shit that you know you're voting on, it's easy to look up. To just write down here, you know, they a lot of the times they'll send you one of those paper ballots you can fill out ahead of time so you can take in with your choices already filled out. Yeah, and you can. I've just never had that. Transfer option, that I over. Wish. Oh, really? Yeah, I and always got to sit down and fill in the block once I, I get. I always into the have room. to do that, but sometimes they'll send me a test one in the mail that I can sit there and fill out and take it in as like, or I can just copy it. That way you don't. Really? That way you can sit there and I don't know if everyone. I don't know. Maybe it's just certain counties that do that. But huh. I usually will just get there, like get online to Ballotpedia or whatever, or wherever people post their fucking their platform and read through it. Most people have their platform published online, especially if they're running for an office. Most people have a website or Mm -hmm. they're somewhat active online. It's not hard to find. My biggest fear for this election is complacency from, well, my biggest fear is complacency from my side. My side is the anti-Trump side. A lot of apathy. It's got to change. It's also a lot of apathy. People aren't going to vote at all. Um, and I hope that's well, wrong. Like yeah. I, like I very much hope that's wrong. Like I really think that we can change. There was a lot of apathy in 2016. I think it's gotten worse. I see. I don't because I don't think I think Hillary Clinton was more uh, off-putting than Joe Biden is, and I think Trump is more off-putting than Hillary Clinton was at this stage, especially. Yeah. Um, so I, so I think that if liberals fucking show up and vote and they don't do the bullshit, I'm a Bernie bro and I'm gonna fucking hold out. I think that Donald Trump can leave office. Do you and think that I lost care. Hillary the election was the Bernie bros hanging well, back? I think I, it's a big part of it. I think what might lose Trump the election is he has not gained any followers in the three year, four years he's been in office. He's lost he, a bunch. Maybe, yeah. You can argue he's lost some, but the, he's not the older gained crowd. any. Yeah, he hasn't gained anybody, and that's you can't do that. Like, the reason Obama was able to win is because he was able to sway a little bit of the independence enough that fucking to keep Romney out. You know, it's Trump doesn't have that advantage. He's had a rock 
I steady think, base this whole time, and it's not been good enough to win him a majority. I think, too, you know, when it came to Hillary Clinton, a big part of Hillary Clinton's problem was that she couldn't excite anybody. Like, I did not vote for either of the two major candidates. I don't think Biden's going to excite anyone. No, but he... Biden is not a uh, a historical vote, though. He is not, like, voting in the first woman president or like it would have been with Bernie or... uh, Well, that's why his vice president choice is going to be very... Very strategic. I think, I think the yeah. anti-Trump candidate is, is going weird? to excite anybody. Though, How many days are we out from point? the election right now? Does anybody know offhand? Like oh. less than two hundred, right? Uh, yeah, less, less than two hundred. We still don't know who the fucking VP is that is going to run with Joe Biden. Do, when are we going to hear this information? I'm cool he, with that. He has to make his decision on what type of oatmeal he wants for breakfast every morning. No, no, Jesus no. Christ. I, no, I like, think that's strategic, and I'm cool with that. I think Joe Biden needs to stay quiet. Maybe, Trump is, is digging a, his own fucking grave right now. Is there right a rule by when you had to f- file that shit? Though? I think I there no is. Idea. I think he said, I'm pretty sure they announced like a month ago that he would announce it at the convention, which is in, it's either later this month or it's in early August. Does I, that usually happen? I think it does. Does it usually does. always happen at yeah. the convention? I think it does. And we're, we're just super impatient this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. Because we have a lot of time on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Trump might have, for the Republicans, they might announce at CPAC sometimes. Because, like, CPAC, but I know it's, like, a big thing like that where they announce. Because it would have to be. They wouldn't, I, well, I guess it wouldn't have to be. They could just do a fucking Either rally, better, but you like, can't well, really usually, do a rally you, right now. Usually they have, yeah, a, a <laughs> campaign trail that they're on. Right. They can do a Hamilton-inspired rap. If they I'm get sure really Bruno, excited and Joe instead, Biden could nail that. Like if they get really excited in the final moments of their speeches, instead of yelling "biaw," they say what their vice president is. <laughs> the Devil's Advocate Podcast is an opinion talk show and is the attempt of a few friends to have a reasonable conversation about current events without the vitriol that we've become accustomed to in today's modern political climate. TDAP is what happens when a few normal people sit down and discuss the week's top stories by having a rational and somewhat entertaining conversation. The goal of TDAP is to provide a forum for the listener to hear multiple perspectives on a myriad of topics instead of being bombarded with the same one-sided debates that we commonly get from news and media organizations. It is hosted by Brandon Condit, Mitchell Hernandez, and Franklin Everhart.